All right. Hi, Dylan West. Hi, Jackson Odom. How are you? I am fantastic. Good. We're doing a podcast. Is this a safe place for me right here, right now? It is. It's Hell yeah. Safe. Yeah. God, I could never say that on a Bleacher <laughs> Talk podcast. Um, I feel so free. Well, for uh, those of you that don't know, I don't know who doesn't know because it's just going to be us that listens to this yeah. in, in the future. Literally but the three of us. And maybe for those Chandler. of you that don't know, this is Dylan West. This is um, uh, my best friend and uh, former co-host of another podcast that I used to do called Bleacher Talk. Yeah. And then you met Hannah, and she stole you from us. And, it, right. And now it's like, I've never seen you so excited about a podcast. I mean, <laughs> you were never even half this excited about Bleacher Talk. Well, I mean, I mean, you know. I get I'm, it. Hey, I get it. Well, I, I understand. See, here's the thing. There's no there's no threat of, of someone in the podcast leaving abruptly and ruining the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Which is uh, you're, you're what happened with the last one. Your unnamed brother really just kind of. He really had put a damper on things. Right, right. So, but... uh, Screw you, Josh. (laughs) But, um, yeah, welcome uh, to the computer love experience. Happy to be here. This is, uh, this is different. Uh, We can, we can be a little bit more free here. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad to see the three of you here. Welcome to the podcast, Dylan. Uh, Hannah is here. We're having to use, uh... We're only having to use two microphones because uh, of technical difficulties, but she is here. Say hello, Hannah. Hello. <laughs> so she's here. Um, me and her are sharing a microphone. But, uh, yeah, we're very happy to have you here. And uh, Thrilled to be here. Yeah. And uh, we're going to light up our cigars and get going. <sighs> Sounds great. Hang on. Let me get the lighter. <laughs> We're very excited to have you here on the podcast now that I'm actually able to talk for a moment. Um, I'm honored to be the first guest. Yeah, you are our first guest. Even though I know you guys tried to get Chandler first, I don't hold it against you. We did not try to get Chandler first. We invited him over for dinner, which he declined. Where you were just so happened to going to do a podcast with him. No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. We, uh... It's fine. Like, hey... Chandler's Chandler's the party. I get it. I mean, he's look. He's the party, but but you I know. can't I can't come in and be like, <coughs> hey bud, what y'all doing? <laughs> look, Chandler's the party, but but you're the bedroom. You know what I'm I mean? what? Yeah. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> here you go ahead. He, he said Chandler's the party, but you're the bedroom. Well, that's all that matters. I mean, that's where you sell the deal, anyways. So I feel like I need to leave you two boys alone to have some fun. No, it's okay. We're we're comfortable right here. I mean, we're not shy. According according to Jackson, <laughs> it sounds like I'm invited. <laughs> I mean, if there was anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Dylan, tell us a little about about yourself. Oh boy. For all our five listeners. Uh, well, <coughs> I am 25, soon to be 26 years old. I turned 26 and. Uh, like less than two weeks, and uh, I'm engaged. Uh, I met my fiance Kelly actually by doing what I do for work. I run sound for a, a band, and she was actually at a concert one night in South Carolina, and we live in Alabama. So uh, we met. She lives in Virginia, and we've been we are now engaged, and we've been dating for the past. We just celebrated two years this past week, and uh, it's beautiful. We Happy are, anniversary! Thank you. We are engaged and getting married in November. That's awesome. What is the weirdest gift you have ever received? Jackson and I have talked about this a couple times, I think. But what is the weirdest gift? Because I know the weirdest gift I've received. Well, I know what the answer to this is. And it's it's not really like, it's nothing like crazy. But... <clears throat> So what I do is is I run sound for a gospel group, okay? So that entails a lot of old people that come to see us. 
Well, there was at one point this older lady that for whatever reason just had some kind of like connection with me one night. Like, I don't know. She just, I reminded her of one of her grandkids or something, but she just like came up and started having this whole conversation with me. And she, she asked me then that night what my, this lady was from Florida, by the way. So she asked me what my address was because she wanted to send me something. Well, like three months go by. And I get a random package. And honestly, I did not know who it was from until I saw because I didn't remember what her name was. But I get a random package in the mail. And it is like hand-knitted, crocheted uh, pot and pan holders. Like this, uh, it was like a, oh, what's the little thing? Like little things that you can iron on to a shirt, like a patch almost. She knew I was an Alabama fan. So she had like all these little Alabama patches that I could iron on to my shirt. Yeah. It was just like the most random stuff, like in a in a box. It was like you know, an old lady went home and spent two months like knitting and crocheting, just all this stuff to send to me. That's, I don't know. That's pretty thoughtful. I mean, it is. It yeah. is. But I mean, it's like it would be like you going to the grocery store and this old lady just walking up to you and being like, you know. Just just starts randomly talking to you about her yeah. life, and then all of a sudden she's like, what is your address? I want to send you something. You have no clue what her name is. You don't know yeah. who she is. And then two months later, you get something in the mail from her. Yeah. Like, she spent all this time on some, like, somebody she doesn't even know. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Did you keep any of it? I don't know. If I, if I kept it, I just gave, like, the pot holders and stuff to my mom. Yeah. Interesting. Have you ever gotten, like, is that the only time you've ever gotten like I call it, I almost call it like you said you like that was from Gold City. Yeah, like, so it was from the road, yeah. So that was from the road. So like would you consider that like fan mail? <laughs> I guess. And to answer your question, yes, that's the only time because of you know, with me running sound, I'm more behind the scenes. Um yeah. And that night I went to our product table where we sell our CDs and T-shirts and everything, and most of the time I don't go there. So I don't have a whole lot of interaction with our fans. You yeah. know, the singers and the and the musicians are the ones that interact more with the fans, more yeah. than me. So that's the only I, – well, I say that, like, there's some fans, I guess you could say, that's more like people that we know, more friends, like we know more of a personal basis that sent me, like, you know – money for my birthday or they'll send me like cookies and stuff like that but yeah. i wouldn't even consider those people fans as much as people that we know more than that's that's the only like completely random thing from somebody that i honestly didn't even know that i've received well I, i'll say this i um i don't use facebook i don't i don't really know i mean it, to say i don't know how to use it is dumb but like i don't really get on there that much uh but i did get on there like the other day for some reason like a, a couple weeks ago and I, cause I think, um, I think Facebook sent me a message that you had posted a picture, uh-huh. cause like you're the only person I follow on right. my Facebook, right. and I just got on there and uh, you have like a lot of followers. Oh yeah, you I get mean a I, lot I, of shares. I meet a lot of people and I, I know a lot of people. Yeah. Through, I mean, I've been doing this for eight years, so I've met a lot of people, and a lot of people interact with me. But as far as just like. I guess I guess to answer your question, I have received things, but this is more just once you meet people on the road, like it's kind of more or less you see a lot of the same people over and over again. So you don't consider them just random fans, you know. Like you go to a like a Childish Gambino concert, you know those are those are thousands of people that he has no clue who they are, and we don't know a lot of people that come, but at the same time we do. Like yeah. we, I'd say like maybe half and half. Mm-hmm. So you kind of meet these people and you build relationships with them. Um, so <clears throat> I don't consider getting stuff from the people that I know, like fan mail. It's just like gifts from people that I know. I got you. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm Facebook famous. I appreciate you pointing that out. Though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the immediately what I thought. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with a superstar. That's what right, I would think. Right, right. Um, but like actually on a serious note, cause I've always, I've always wondered this. Can you give like a, a short little like snapshot of like, what goes through on in your day regularly? So I am my, I guess title is sound engineer slash road manager. So it's up to me to find where we go every day. So I'm always going to try and find a Planet Fitness because there's several of us that want to work out. So that's normally where we park. We will park at a gym, go in and work out, and then we will leave there. And if there's no if there's nowhere to eat around the Planet Fitness, we'll go and get food. And then 
um, we always, I say always, 90% of the time we're going to arrive to the venue three hours before. So if it's a 7 o'clock concert, we're going to get there at 4 o'clock every day. Uh, <clears throat> we unload our equipment, set up, we do a sound check, and that normally takes about an hour. And then everybody has two hours to kind of go back to the bus, relax. There's a shower on our bus, so everybody showers, get ready, go in and do the concert. Concerts anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, and then we tear everything down and load up. And we'll, like, honestly, because it's so late when we get out, we'll go to a truck stop because we always have to fuel the bus, and that's where we'll get food. So whatever there is there is most of the time where we eat, and then we go to the next place. So that's more or less every single day. Now, sometimes if we have a day off, we'll go to, like, a – we'll do something fun. We'll go to a mall or we'll go and catch a movie or something like that. So that's like the casual, just like every day on the road. Right. As far as like when you actually get where you're going, like uh-huh. the church, I assume. Church, auditorium, school, I mean, gymnasium. I mean, it's it, a bunch of different places that we do concerts. Well, where wherever the event is like going to be taking place, mm-hmm. like when you get off the bus, uh, what is your job past that point? Uh, make sure it all sounds good. <laughs> so uh, everybody... So there's three of us. So there's seven people total that that, uh, ride the bus. There's four singers, uh, a piano player, me, and then a bus driver. And so three of us are in charge of uh, the audio side, setting up all the sound equipment. And then two guys set up merchandise. And then the other, like our bus driver normally goes to bed. And then we have our boss who just comes in and sound checks. So we get there. <clears throat> unload all of our equipment we set our speakers up and then from there i'll start uh what's called uh setting the room so i'll start i'll flatten out everything and i'll start playing music and uh eqing the room to where it sounds good and then everybody comes in and starts checking their mics and then we'll all run through one song make sure all their ear monitors are okay the floor monitors are okay and that's that's normally it as far as like like eqing a room like do you, have you developed that ear or is that is that something that you always have or is that something that you developed over the no, years No it's definitely a learning curve. You have to hear frequencies like you have to you have to hear like you know there's different terms we use there's like muddy is what we use which means there's a lot of like just it sounds really dull or it can be harsh where it just hurts your ears and you have to you have to learn what frequencies that is that hurts and that's what you kind of pull back and sometimes it doesn't have enough of something that you add and and but it's no it's definitely I mean you have to have an ear to hear it but on the technical side to know that stuff that was definitely a learning curve and like I said I've done it for eight years and there's still stuff that I I learned to this day so yeah EQ the room mm-hmm. and then uh, past that what happens so I EQ the room which means I set the entire system and then the guys will come in the singers will come in and I will start, they'll start checking their mic, which means that they'll start talking into it and singing, and I will EQ their vocal specifically, one by one. And then our piano player will play, and I'll EQ the piano. And then we will play a, a song, a track. They'll play the track, and they'll start singing to it. And I'll just try and bring it all together and make a couple of small adjustments. But <clears throat> the thing is, is like, you're only going to make it sound so good and sound check because everything's going to change when people get in the room. A room's going to completely, the sound of a room is going to completely change. Like, you may get to like a, a, just for instance, you could walk into this lobby here and it's empty and it's just going to sound real like loose. There's going to be a lot of acoustics to it, but then you, you cram a bunch of people in there and it's going to just completely, I mean, drown it all out and deaden it up. So sometimes you may EQ it and it sounds good and sound check. And then when you get there live, you have to just start completely over. And that's where, that's where the experience comes in. Being able to think fast and learn on the fly like getting it right while the concert's going on you you do make changes on the fly like while it's happening oh yeah yeah so is it quick is it you know it is now that i've had the experience and i know what i'm doing i'm confident and i I know i can go in and fix anything on the fly but when i first started like the first year or two i would freak out when that first track would play during the concert and it just sounded terrible because i was just like you know i'd freeze up my oh my gosh i don't know what to do to fix it but now i mean i know that when that first track hits it's not going to sound like what i want it to and then I, but i know how to fix it now so it's it's no pressure anymore the breakdown for a concert like that uh is always really interesting to me 
uh, strike. Yeah. Striking <clears throat> different companies and different people do it differently. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything's different. So like, how do you guys like strike? Like at the end of the night, like break down all the equipment. I strike most of the stuff myself. Uh, our piano player will come in and strike his own gear, but as far as like striking the speakers, rolling up our cables, I do all that because, well, most of the, here's what, as soon as the concert's over, I can go ahead and go to stage and start striking, and all the singers will go to the product table and they'll talk to the fans when it's over, and, and, and then they'll go back to the bus and change because they're like, in what we do, they wear suits, so they're not going to tear down in suits. Uh, so I, but I can tear everything down. I roll the cables. There's sometimes we'll get to like a, like a auditorium that has like a, a house sound man, which means that like that auditorium has hired a, a guy to be there to set sound and he'll sometimes they'll want to roll cables, but <coughs> you know, you get in such a system of doing things and rolling cables and you've got a way that you want to roll them that if somebody else rolls them and it's not the same way, it just, it takes longer the next day to set up because everything's different. Breaking down events are almost just as interesting to me as the uh, actual event itself we'll see what's funny is i can't i know because i know y'all going to want to talk about my gatlinburg trip that i just had like since i've been doing this i can't just walk into a place now that's got music with and just like be able to sit there and enjoy it because of like my side of things i'm always like i always have like the sound aspect yeah yeah that's interesting so like we were not to dive completely into the story but uh, when Kelly and I went to Gatlinburg this past week, we went to a, a bar called Old Reds, which is Blake Shelton's bar, and they've got a whole sound and stage set up. And I was just like sitting there, like thinking and like thinking about things that I would do different to the sound and everything while I was there, instead of just sitting there and like hanging out and enjoying it and drinking. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like we should move on to a more interesting subject because everybody that's listening is it has the same look on their face <laughs> as Hannah does right now. I looked over, and this is Hannah. Like just staring off in the distance right now. Okay, well, all right. I've geeked out enough. Um, I want to get into uh, the trip that you just took in Gatlinburg. Okay. So was this like an impromptu trip? No. Well, so <coughs> Kelly and I, um, half. Well, I say halfway. Roughly halfway for uh, us is the Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg area. So. Sometimes instead of like me going all the way up there or her coming down, if it works out with our schedules, we'll we'll meet for a few days in Pigeon Forge. So like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I found out that I was going to be off like Monday through Friday. And she was able to make it work with her schedule to where she worked the weekend before and the weekend after. So she could be off that day, too. So we uh, we got a room in advance and we just kind of planned our trip before we went up there. So, I mean, it wasn't impromptu. It was probably like a three week in uh, an advance trip. You, would you say you're like pretty familiar with Gatlinburg at this point? <laughs> okay, so what's funny is like this trip we did more new stuff than we had before because we kind of got like our favorites and we like our last two or three trips it felt like we were going and doing the same thing and I was like, you know, I want to find some different stuff to do. You know, I want to go to some different places and do stuff that we don't always do, whether it be, that be like just stuff that we do during the day or whether it be restaurants that we go to and eat at so i would say yes and no there's probably because there's so much to do up there there's probably several things that we i have no clue about but i do feel like i have a a decent like grasp on the area so you guys tried to do something a little bit new yeah i would say so there was a few things that we did that were the same but we did a lot of different stuff this time okay well if you're ready (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I, g- I got a Snapchat from you. Uh, <laughs> okay. That was, you know, you know, you drinking. Uh huh. I was like, uh, you know, Dylan enjoying a drink. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Your fiance sends me a message back <laughs> that says, uh, Jackson, he is gone. <laughs> Where did you go? What did you drink? Yeah. And how long did you drink and how long were you there? So Wednesday was an interesting day. We did a few things before, but when we got our night started, we started with wine tasting. So uh, I'm not really the biggest wine fan, but Kelly likes wine. So we went and tried a bunch of different wine, and then uh, we left from there and went because we did that in Pigeon Forge, and then we went to Gatlinburg and ate dinner. And then after we ate, we were going to go to Old Red's, which I just told you all about, purely just to drink because we had already eaten. So we get there and I, you know, 
and I, I guess I should preface this by saying that up until then, I had never been drunk in my life. And that's not without trying. Like, I just normally have an incredibly high tolerance. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like inhuman. Yeah. At, <laughs> well, what's degree. funny is like everybody was like, how? Like, how did this happen to you of all people? So we get there and I think it was just, well, so we get there and we both got a beer. I got a Miller Lot and she got an Angry Orchard. And then I'm like, after that, I'm like, screw it. Let's just start going for it. So <laughs> it was just like, I actually sent Chandler a Snapchat just to him. And I was like, what should we get next? And he's like double shot of Patron straight oh god so we went straight into it we we both did a double shot of Patron I followed that up with um a Jack and Coke with a double in it um and this is all within the span of one hour because we were only there for one hour you were only there for one we were there for one hour uh, where did you guys go Old Reds is the name of the bar Old Reds Uh uh-huh is that still on the main strip area it's like early like uh it's kind of like it's on the main strip, but it's like coming into Gatlinburg. It's yeah. like before you get into like all the the really good stuff. Um, so I followed that up with so they have like you know you can get standard shots of anything you know Patron Jack any of that, but then they have their specialty shots. That's like you know mixed up, and some have tequila, some have vodka, and one had rum, and so. I I did another shot after that of their specialty drink, followed directly up by a cherry limeade that had that was full of vodka, followed up by another shot, followed up by another mixed drink, and then topped off with one more shot. God bless your soul. And the next thing that I know, I go from being fine to I well, okay, before my last drink, I got up to go to the bathroom and their bathrooms are like dope because they've got the their ceilings are like that felt with the the star ceilings, like what you can get in like the um, Rolls uh, Royces, you know, yeah, like the, right, right. in the cars. The like starry, yeah, starry ceiling, yeah. So I'm in there, and all of a sudden I'm just like looking up at the ceiling, and the next thing <laughs> I mean I'm just like, oh, this is not good. And so then I need to go again, but I'm sitting there and I look over at Kelly and I'm like, I don't know if I can get up, because like I'm sitting there and it's like getting really dark and I can just feel that I'm like really swaying so i was able to get up and then as soon as i come back she's like we're leaving so she closed the tab out and everything and apparently i was like hell-bent on us getting our picture taken so we walk outside and apparently i just start walking down the strip and she's like where are you going and she just stopped me right there in the middle of the strip found some random people to take our picture and then we go to she gets me to the car and um I'm going to need to see that picture at some point. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, everything I'm telling you is just what I've heard from from her and then anybody else that was involved because I don't remember the majority of this. You didn't black out, but like... No, like I I can actually remember parts of things. Like I remember being in situations, but conversations I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So she gets me to the car. Uh, Honestly, it was probably not a very smart idea because she herself had had a few too many she was more uh alert than i was but she probably shouldn't have been driving either so she drives us, she starts to drive us back to where apparently i'm trying to get her to open up the sunroof so i can stand up and hang outside the sunroof and talk to everybody and um then i get a i get a text message <coughs> from one of the guys in the group that i'm in and uh, i had sent him a video prior to the guy that was performing at the bar and uh he responded to me after he saw the video and said it is at this point that i'm taking your keys because you're over the legal limit yeah i didn't respond to that one but then he sent me another picture uh the food that he was eating that night was like you know what's up to where then i take this selfie of myself apparently in the car which is which is absolutely honestly by that picture alone i can tell you're blasted yeah yeah like you're completely gone right but i was hyped because what I said back was just, yes, sir. <laughs> so, anyways, apparently we get back to the the uh, house that we were staying in. had a hot tub in the back, and I was, like, apparently dead set that I was getting in that hot tub. And I remember getting in the hot tub, and Kelly would not get in. She was trying to get me to get out and go to bed. Um, what time was this? Do you remember? <sighs> no. 
I mean, I don't think it was super late, honestly, um, because Old Red's like, what sucks about it? I don't understand with them being a tourist city, but everything up there closes at ten o'clock. Yeah, except for on the weekends, yeah. like they stayed open till midnight on the weekends, but this was Wednesday night, so they were closing at ten. So yeah. I would say this wasn't no later than eleven. Yeah. Um. So, but anyways, apparently I was like pitching a fit in the hot tub because she wouldn't get in and she said like I was staring at my hands counting she don't know what I was counting uh and then she said she went inside because you could go straight into the bedroom from the deck that the hot tub was on and she like had the blinds raised and was looking at me and said that I was out there like talking to, to myself like I was trying I was having a full-on conversation with somebody that wasn't there what what was in that alcohol man I don't know man <laughs> like talking to yourself yeah. like what what was going on yeah and First time you get drunk, you just you know it's an out of body out of body experience, right? You know? um, and honestly, there was a couple of other things that she told me. Like I just don't remember everything, but as I was trying to go to bed, uh, there was a couple of other things. But what's crazy is that like I woke up at eight o'clock the next morning perfectly fine. Like I got up and went downstairs and smoked a cigar. She was the one that was like bent over the toilet half the night because she thought she was going to get sick, and she slept until like eleven o'clock the next day and woke up with a killer headache. Well, that I mean, that just that just fits into your profile. Right. I mean, you've never gotten drunk before, and the first time you do get drunk, it makes sense that you don't have a hangover. Right. Just handle it like a champ. Just handle it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. To me, it sounds like you enjoyed yourself. Is oh, that I had correct? a great time. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't have the negative after effects, so. I'm like, yeah. let's do yeah. it again. If you don't have the negative after after effects of uh, being drunk, that uh, that definitely is uh, <laughs> benefits to you. Yeah. So obviously, you mentioned it before, your fiance Kelly. Uh, you're getting married in November, right? Uh, November 18th, mm-hmm. which is your my birthday. birthday. Yep. My 24th birthday. Yep. I've already said that I wouldn't want to spend anywhere else. Right. Uh, for my 24th birthday, besides there. If it isn't apparent to now, we're we're recording this episode outside. So if yeah. you hear cars in the background, that's that's why. Yeah, James is chilling over there. I am chilling like a villain. What is your what is your opinion on everything that's going on with with the uh, engagement in general? Well, to 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 break that down step by step, as far as the day of and being in front of everybody, like I don't, I'm not really the type to get nervous, so that doesn't bother me. You know. Um, at the end of the day it's it's like our day you know and it it, it is my day as much as it's her day but you know like i just want to make sure everything goes good for her because at the end of the day it's like you know most of the time it's a way bigger deal for the girl because it is like you know a lot of girls not every girl but a lot of girls and she is one that you know they they've dreamed about their wedding day since they were kids i i know i i said not every girl i said not every girl (laughs) not every girl no I've never dreamed about my wedding. It like I a lot of girls have like Pinterest boards yeah, for their does. wedding. She does. I I only created one because my previous partner before you told me to create one. That is the only reason I made one is because he was like, "Why don't you make like a wedding board?" And I was like, "Why should I?" And he was like, "Just just do it." Like do it and and let me see like what your ideas are. That's the only reason I ever created one. And I mean, I just don't for me at least. Like I I don't I don't really care. It's your life. Like a lot I have a lot of friends who like have their dream weddings planned out. I have things that I would like to have in my wedding. Like I have a dream venue, but I never had any other ideas about anything that I wanted until then. Right. And it wasn't until my previous partner and where I was like almost blackmailed into creating a Pinterest wedding board that I started being like, oh, well, that's kind of cute. Like, that's kind of pretty. And then with him, I'll be like, well, I kind of like this. Like, this is what I would want in a ring. Um, this is kind of how my dress, I would ideally want it to look like. And, but I still don't have like a dream wedding. Like I don't have a dream idea about it. Well, and I think that that's, like I said, I mean, not every girl's that way. I mean, my, and I feel like probably a lot of guys are this way. 
my viewpoint on it is, and look, I want her to have everything she wants to have, but for me, I feel like sometimes it's a lot for for one day and specifically one like ceremony that's going to be over in like the actual ceremony ceremony itself don't last any more than 20 minutes 20 30 minutes and it's like you put like like we got engaged in july of last year and we are getting married in november of this year and so it's been like uh, not constant you know but there's been little things that we've been planning ever since we got engaged and it's like we're doing all this and it'll be over in like you know the ceremony will be over in 20 minutes the reception it will be an hour you know a couple of hours and then it's all what you've been planning on for a year and a half is over in an hour and a half two hours see like for me another thing about that is there's so much preparation but there's also so much money yeah that goes into a wedding that i'm just like i don't know man i'm going to i'm going to spend all this money on dresses veils tuxes bachelor trips bachelorette trips the venue the catering the dj the food everything just to feed like a hundred people and i feel like a most of the wedding like it's supposed to be a day to celebrate your love most of the day is you trying to cater to other people and make them happy is what i've that's my understanding like you're trying to make sure that the vegan person has their like tofu steak perfectly done and you're trying to make sure that the drinks are pouring and you're trying to make sure that grandma is not in the corner trying to harass the bus boy into like you know a lap dance you're trying to do all these things and you're catering to other people when it's like by the end of it like I've heard like the the couple who's getting married by the end of it they probably haven't eaten. Yeah. They're running around trying to make sure everyone else is having a good time so they can't even enjoy themselves. So it stresses me out that I'm spending all this money for a day that's supposed to be about me, which is what I want because I like when things are about me to a certain extent. Yeah. And on my wedding, I feel like I should be the beautiful princess that I am and have everyone fucking staring at me all day. And I don't have to, like, look and, like, cater to other people. But that's not what's happening. Right. And so, I, I, like, for me, it's, like, really annoying. Well, <clears throat> a couple of things that I luckily don't have to deal with. Like, yeah, there's money that I'm, I'm shelling out for it. But, you know, I guess that when, as far as this goes, like, we're going out at it like a very traditional way. Like her parents are paying for a lot of it because tradition is, you know, the, the bride's family pays for, you know, this, 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 and, you know, the groom pays. And so they are, so like they, they paid for the venue, they've paid for catering. Like what I pay for, I pay for the tuxes and then I pay for, there's, there are other things that I pay for, but like financially it's not been as stressful on me because of that. And also like, we won't cater to everybody else like what we're going to have there to eat is what's going to be there you know if, if you want to eat what's there then great if, if you can't have it or you don't want it then that's fine too i mean you know the people that attend won't be there for more than an hour and a half so if they don't want the food i guess they can leave and go get something from somewhere else and uh i think what for us will take longer is just which i think this is in a lot of weddings is that like is the pictures that get taken after the ceremony because you have your photographer and she's going to take all these pictures afterwards and that's where like it'll just be me and her taking pictures and everybody else that's when they go and wait on you at the reception and um but as far as like eating the day of she's already got that taken care of too because the the uh the lady that owns the venue that we're having it at said that chick-fil-a offers this thing where like they bring just platters of chicken nuggets for the the uh, the groomsmen or the the groom's room and then the bride's room. So the whole wedding party, if they need to, can eat during the day. And then obviously for the reception that night, you'll have the food that's there. So I do. I have a question. Okay. Because I haven't I haven't been to many weddings. I haven't really been invited to many weddings. This will be my first wedding, so. Oh, yeah. well, congratulations. Long wedding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I haven't been invited. Like, I've told him, like, I, like it makes me, like, kind of sad. Because I, like, a lot of my friends, they get invited to weddings, like, all the time. Because right. they know a lot of people who are getting married. I don't know people who get married. I know people who are as, like, 
who are in the same exact like financial and mental state that I'm in and I'm not getting married. And so I like, and a lot of people that I know don't have like a lot of younger family members or a lot of people in their life who have like children. What are your thoughts on a child-free wedding? Because you were talking about, like, catering to other people. If you have, like, kids at a wedding, you inevitably have to also cater to the parents with the kids. Right. Because kids will scream. They'll run. They'll break things. They'll they'll do stuff. Like, what are your thoughts on a child-free wedding? Honestly, I haven't. I have not thought about it. Um, I don't know that there will be very many young kids at ours just because kind of, like, family-related she has she has two nieces one is god i hope i get this right because if i don't she's gonna kill me i think um 10 and then she has a an eight month old niece so but besides that there will be like i don't know honestly anybody on my side that's coming that will have really really young kids um so but what we're doing is a taco bar and there's also going to be just like chips and salsa and queso so i mean i guess kids could just eat chips if they wanted to or, or you know i don't i don't know i haven't honestly thought about that that immediately sounds fantastic to us it's a it's a taco bar and there's going to be you know like you'll have your ground beef but there's also i think i think they got the because fa- you could add like the fajita side to where it's chicken and steak too and i think that they did that so again, that's that was all her and her mom's doing. They just they they did send me what they ordered, but I don't remember for sure what it is. This is the woman that you're gonna be with for the rest of your life. Like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, as far as that goes, obviously I'm I'm like super, just I don't know. I guess you could say at peace, just because I know that this is what I want. Um, as far as like the the wedding day itself, I don't think that it's quite hit me yet as far as the nerves or the excitement just because there's still so much stuff that has to – like I just right now, I'm such a planner. I just want to make sure that everything that needs to be done is done. And, and like once we get to probably like the week before or the week of, then it will really start to hit me like the – the like you're you're getting married, you know, next week. Um, but no, man, I mean like everybody kind of asked me the same thing when they knew that I was going to propose. They were like, are you – are you nervous? Are you freaking out? I'm like, no, I mean, I wasn't nervous at all to propose. It's 2023. You know, there's a couple of things I'm excited for this year. Mm. It's uh, next month going to Columbia with Hannah. Really? Uh, yeah, we're going to Columbia together. And then uh, the next thing I'm most most excited for is, uh, you know, going to your wedding. Yeah. So more than anything, I'm more excited about those two things. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting adventure between those two for sure i will also say so that you know how much we care about you that trip for him to meet my family and your wedding are what i'm using all my vacation days for i feel touched guys i mean (laughs) no i really appreciate it i mean seriously i mean obviously you know jackson don't really have a choice because he's in the wedding but i appreciate you guys both coming and and being there and you know (coughs) Um, I feel like between now and then, especially if some things work out like how I think they're about to, we'll probably be spending a lot more time together between now and then. Anyways, you know, like I, I don't think that I, I don't honestly remember the last time that I saw you guys until today, unless it was, I know that, you know, y'all came to Jasper and we went to eat at Pie Factory. I think the second time we went to Pie Factory was the the last time we saw you. Yeah. And that's been months. No, no. I met him the we went. We went. We've twice. been to Pie Factory twice. I met him the first time. One time it was just us with Chandler, and then the second time Kelly, Kelly was joined, here. and then Sydney came, and then Chandler came later yeah. on because he was working. And then Chandler came, drinking an eighteen pack, walking through the door, mm-hmm. and Kelly and I wrapped hood twins together. I think that's what they're called. It's it's, a, it's two girls. Um, they have a song called Hood Bitch. And Kelly and I started rapping it together. And then... Yeah, that's her favorite song, actually. Really? Like, legit, yes. I didn't know that was her favorite song, but she started looking at me and pointing, and she's like, you know this song, mm. too? And I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, I know that the is song. her favorite song. But, yeah. And then you gave me... 
And then you gave me some of the um, butter pecan moonshine. Moonshine, yeah. I almost got some for today. So, do you like strawberries? Are you talking about the strawberries and cream, that white chocolate one? The the chocolate covered strawberry one. Yeah. Have you had? I'm assuming you've had. No, it. I want to have it. I it's like saw it, but I've heard that that one tastes like liquor. Depends on which one you get it from. There's Old Smoky has one, and Sugarlands has one, and I only buy from Sugarlands because I don't like Old Smoky. Because we we did go when I was in Gatlinburg. Kelly and I went tasting at Old Smoky, and we tried theirs. And I didn't think that it tasted like liquor, but it tasted like medicine almost. See, I've like I I follow a lot of accounts on the internet, and they like taste test liquors, so that I know if I'll like it or not. Because mm. I don't want to like spend like fifty to like a hundred dollars on a bottle right. and not enjoy it. Yeah. Because I'm kind of I'm of the idea. I have the idea in my head that if I bought it, I'm going to have it. Right. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to drink it unless it's so bad that I don't even feel bad, like, throwing it away at that point. Yeah. So I'm not going to purchase something unless I review it. I do that with my Amazon purchases. I do that with, like, if I'm going to, like, a new restaurant or something, I'm going to also check it out. So I'll do that with liquor as well. Right. And I've heard that the strawberries and cream cookie or chocolate covered strawberry ones from old old smoky. Old smoky yeah. I've heard that it just tastes like straight liquor. Like it's it's bad. Like I'm I see people make faces when they drink it. Yeah. Well, I would at least you can uh, you can do the taste testing. Like you can do it at both places, but I would at least go to the Sugarland and do the taste testing of it I before mean, you, you get. I mean, you you said that they gave give you more things to taste test. Oh, they do. Like the fifteen versus eight. Yeah. I think it's not that hard of a bargain <laughs> to just change my mind and go to that one. Right. Even though like everyone's heard of Old Smoky, um, so I'll, I'll just I'll go to Sugarland. Yeah. <laughs> so what were your uh your other topics? I feel oh like we God. got so so stuck up on we that. We haven't I don't think we've even covered one of them. I don't think so. Well, didn't you ask me one in the beginning? Oh, I you asked, asked you what's the most interesting gift you've received. Right. And that led into Jackson quit interviewing you yes, <laughs> 45 minutes to get you to do a sound job for yes. him. Um Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. And this is specifically because I have my own idea on this. And it's kind of funny. And people, I don't think it's funny because it's actually what I think is going to happen. But people make fun of me for it. Do you have a theory on how you're going to die? Oh. <laughs> because I have a, I know how I'm going to die. It's not even a theory. I know how I'm going to die and people make fun of me. I mean, I guess I would hope I died of old age. I don't know. I, I I, I don't know because that's kind of like the question where people ask, you know, if you, if you it, knew how you or knew, when, yeah, would you want to know? Yeah, I don't think I would want to know. I wouldn't want to know, but let's say you had to know how you're gonna die or when you're gonna die. Mm -hmm. Which one do you prefer? When I would say when. When? Because what if it's like a gruesome death you know and you're gonna be a lot dreading of people that. are like what if you die in a car crash and then you never ride in a car again until like the one day you randomly do ride in a car and then boom right flattened yeah well i mean you know i guess technically if you know that you're gonna die in a car crash whether you want to get in a car or not you know it's gonna happen at some point so yeah i think like yeah but imagine like you're just all in a car and you're just like no no, no one else can ride with me. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going mean, to go I, 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, you would be so scared to be in a car. I get if that. You knew if you had a how. family, like, if you had small kids, you would definitely never, you'd be afraid to take them with yeah. you everywhere. You would never let someone you care about be, be in, in the, the car, car with you. Your enemies, <laughs> on the other hand, sure. take them everywhere. Right, right. Be their chauffeur. But, yeah. Do you think you know how you're going to die? Because I know... Well, before I answer, how do you know how you're going to die? Or what, what I, how do you... Okay. So, my thing is, is that you know, like, ancient mythological tales mm -hmm. and how sometimes some of these 
the these legends, this lore is not subject to one location. Like people will have will talk and like depict in illustrations the same mythical creature across the globe. I don't think that's a coincidence. Because how is it that all these civilizations are seeing the same mythical creatures? I think those creatures either existed at one point or still exist. Are you referring to like the Loch Ness monster and stuff? The Kraken. The Kraken. Okay. (laughs) The Kraken. And I, I'm, I'm deathly terrified of the ocean. I'm, I'm absolutely like scared shitless Mm -hmm. of the ocean. The idea of being in the deep ocean makes me want to like I I can't do it like I have a fear of the deep ocean I have a fear of big things in the ocean Mm -hmm. and I also have a fear of like big things in general like when people have um, pictures of you next to like a ship's anchor you don't think they're that big right but then they're the size of a building yeah uh, that stuff freaks me out, and it's even worse when it's sunken in the ocean, and it's all dark and gloomy. And so I have a fear of the ocean. Like, le- 95, 97% of the ocean is unexplored. Right. You have to imagine that at least a good 10% of that is dedicated to the Kraken population. So it's funny that you say that, that you bring this up, because... We actually had a similar conversation to a girl that works at our local gym in Jasper. And she has, uh, she kind of thinks the same way you do. Um, I think Jackson, I know you went to school with her. I don't know if you know who she is, because, but I know Chandler went to school with her. She's, she was asking me, we were talking about the ocean and how much she fears the ocean. And um, so Autumn... Sanders, is that her last name? Yeah, I remember. So you know her. Yeah. So she she used to work there. She don't work there anymore. But anyways, um, she uh, she had the same theory. But what she said, like, cause she's freaked out about the ocean, but she thinks that like NASA or somebody has found something there, and like they have apparently built an entire like lab under like in the ocean just to uh study and experiment these unknown creatures hold on hold on on. so i just went to the bathroom Uh so i I need someone to fill me back in on what's going on she asked the question of do you have a theory of when you're gonna die or how you're gonna die and i said that i am only bringing this up because i know that the kraken's gonna get me one day like I want to die next to you, like the old people in the notebook. That that's where they die, like holding hands or whatever. Um, I want to do that. She wants However, you guys to go out like Romeo and Juliet. If she dies, she wants you to take a knife and or or yeah. I I told him we're at least me. This I mean maybe he doesn't he doesn't care, but me I'm not living if he's not here. Mm-hmm. I have the same idea about any of the cats I've ever had. Like, whenever my cats die, I die. I do care. (laughs) Okay, so whenever I die, are you dying, like, right after me? As long as we're, like, 101 years old, yeah. Okay, no, I'm saying, like, if you die tomorrow, like, within five minutes, I'll be crawling downwards, and I'll wave at you from up top. No. Um... (laughs) I I always I want to be a three generation baby because mm-hmm. I was born in 1999. I want to live to 2100. 100, yeah. Because uh, recently, like there were stories about people who were born in 1899 and they live to you know past 2000. Right. Uh, I want to be one of those people. <laughs> I want to be the. I want to be one of those people who lives in three different. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Centuries. Three centuries. Yeah. yeah. I want to be a three century baby. So I want to live in 1999. I want to live through all the 20 2000s, 2000s, you know, and then I want to die in 2100. See, I have two different ideas about this. One of them, he says, I'm not allowed to do because it makes him sad. 
but I would either want to be a three century woman live until one Oh one or join the 27 club. What's the 27 club? The 27 club is where like rockers, like musicians typically they die at 27. Usually I don't want it from be to be from this, but they die usually from an overdose. Right. I would like want to like go out like bungee jumping. I wouldn't want to do that. I'm scared of heights, but you know, like something cool and like mm. join the 27 club. Yeah. Think of like uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. yeah. I don't want her to do that. Yeah. I don't obviously. think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, you know, I don't think that would be a great idea. You know, I think at the age the of 27, I'd play it pretty has safe. has its own thoughts. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It, he or she, I don't know which Kraken wants to get me. They, they might want to take me out at 27. And there's nothing I can do about it. Because I genuinely think that these animals are so large. It doesn't matter if I'm anywhere near the ocean or not. Their tentacles are just going to come out, grab me, and then they're going to eat me in their little octopus beak. So... You believe in the Kraken. I believe in the Kraken. Okay, so oh, do you... Wholeheartedly. I'm not exaggerating. I have a deep-seated fear of the Kraken. Okay. So do you believe in Bigfoots, Sasquatches? Yeah. Okay. Here's my question to that. Interesting. Go okay. for it. In the day and time that we live in, with such advanced technology... How has no one happened to have caught evidence of said creature? I think because for a lot of these creatures, the people who actually believe in them are like considered like absolutely crazy. Um, and they get, I, I feel like from, is like discredited. And I feel like whenever you you get super excited like you're a little bit jumpy right and so like whatever you have is like not like reasonable or feasible to be any sort of evidence for these creatures however do i think that there's a lot of them no i don't so i think it's very easy to not find them like i would i wouldn't be surprised if most of these like creatures have died out Right. Because he and I have talked about this. Like, we both believe that dragons have existed at one point. Like, I, it, it, a, a dragon is essentially a, a dinosaur that has, like, some control of fire. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily breathe fire all the time because that's not how they are in all lore. But it, it's essentially a glorified di- dinosaur that can fly. Yeah. In some capacity. So I would be very, I would think it's completely reasonable to think that a dragon has once existed, if not still exist. See, I, I guess you could call me like a curious pessimist when it comes to stuff like that. A hater. No, 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 I'm not a hater. Because, like, see, a much more talked about subject such as aliens. Okay, I I definitely I mean it is hard for me to believe that like we are the only living species at, at the same time and, and I mean there's even been you know supposed documented videos of people catching UFOs uh, and there the Pentagon yeah last year confirmed that they have at least over 50 different videos of you know uh, uh, the navy you know the United States Navy right or Air Force uh, whoever it is, you know, uh, military branches have confirmed that they have seen unidentified flying objects in the sky while they were on missions. And right. they can't, you know, they don't know what they are. Well, there's the whole conspiracy theory of Area 51. Like, why is it so, like, high security? You know, there's always been the the theory that that's, that's where they do. But, and here's my thing. Like, and this almost goes into, like, the government side like what do they know that they want to keep hidden so much like to where they discredit people immediately who say that there are okay so my thing about area 51 aren't most like military bases in like high security security? yeah like isn't 
like area 51 i think just has like a super bad rap specifically because it's an area with a lot of like technical like ufo sightings Mm. and so i don't think it necessarily is any more alien related than any other military base in the u.s or in any u.s territories but i think that there's just such a hype behind it that people are like well that's where the aliens live there could be an alien like ufo and bodies like cryo what's the cryo frozen like down in pensacola right now right so do do we think that aliens like do they look how they are depicted as far as you know like say independence day the movie you know are they like do they look like all reptilian and or do or could they because there's also the theory that they may very well look like us and we don't even know it you know like there could be aliens among there, us that we don't there's even know. a there's a story um that i heard about uh a guy he, he and you know you it's difficult to trust people you know because uh the the story that i'm telling that i'm about to tell you is specifically specifically from a person that is <laughs> that made a UFO documentary. And when people are profiting off of this, it's it's hard to tell when they're being genuine and when they're being uh like when almost they're Hollywooded on, you know, like yeah, when they're Hollywood or when they're it. exaggerating for the f- right. for the uh, for the money. Right. So, but there's a story of uh, um of this family in South America and uh, it crashed on their land. The women of the family went to investigate, identified the UFO, and they witnessed the creatures, and they were injured. They wanted to help them at first because they looked that they, they were in pain, and they were calling out for help. Is is according to the story? So they spoke English. Wh- well, or if the no, South America, th- so I don't, they I don't speak know English, if they, they spoke. I don't think they, they spoke, spoke a legible English. language that someone would understand. No, I I don't think they spoke any kind of language to them that they could understand. But they they could tell by the way they were just distressed. They yep. their yelps and their cries. They could tell that they needed help. Right. I think it was a um, it was a sister, like an older sister, uh, and a younger sister, and maybe the wife of the family was involved at some point, but. When the younger sister approached, they said that the um, the smell was so terrible mm. that they ran away. It, it, it's just really weird, this otherworldly smell that just overlaps this entire community. And there's hundreds of witnesses that were like, yeah, something was off, you know. Um, and then there's the, obviously the story of the family that experienced this. They were like, yeah, we witnessed this thing crash into our yard. And we went and watched these creatures come crawl out of it and die in front of us. And then people took it away. And we were left with a smell that didn't leave us for weeks. Yeah. Like, and for some people in that community, even months. You know, so. If there is truly such thing as aliens, the the technology, like how advanced they are compared to where we are to be able to get here in general and supposedly move as fast as they can like who knows what else they have you know who's to say that they don't have something that i mean could potentially they may have something that could like destroy earth if they wanted to right yeah let's uh let's move on to uh the next topic because if we don't i think hannah's gonna fall asleep sitting there so okay host what's your next topic she says she may be a little sleepy well, it is 11 o'clock, and you guys said she's normally in bed by 9.30, so. James, James, have a segment for us. Okay, Dylan, I got you. I have an interesting piece of history regarding aliens. There was a term that was coined back in World War II called Foo Fighter. No, not the band. The term Foo Fighter was used by Allied aircraft pilots during World War II to describe various UFOs or mysterious aerial phenomena seen in the skies over both the European and Pacific theaters of operations. 
One veteran described an encounter from the time he was a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot in the European theater of World War II. Quote, I was flying, and there was an object next to me. I couldn't get rid of it. I slowed up. It was there. I gained altitude. It was there. I would dive. It would be there. I called. Nothing on radar. A very interesting term that was used, and even more fascinating, is that UFO sightings have been happening since World War II, and most likely even before then. We now return to the computer love experience. My last topic of conversation could be a little bit controversial because I just remembered it's still Mother's Day. Uh, who comes first? Your mom, your partner, or your daughter? Ooh. So, okay. I think there's different situations. Like, okay, obviously your partner comes first but there there are like i think respect things for your mother like little things for instance you know i've seen i've seen people discuss small things such as like say you two are together and y'all go out with wendy like y'all go get something to eat um a lot of people think that like the mom rides shotgun just i mean just little things like that but i think if it's hard for me to say daughter because I don't have one. Yeah, but um, in this situation, you do. Okay. I, but what situation are we are we in? You say what comes first. I mean, what's Just the situation? Who's going to come first? Like, I mean, are we talking about the buildings burning down? You yeah, the buildings burning down, who you're going to pull out? I mean, I think that... I think you have to pull... I think you have to... I think you have to... I think you have to pull out the daughter in that yeah, situation. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I w I've, I've told him if, if he doesn't like choose our daughter, like I'm gonna slap him. Right. I think that I think that that's a consensus between all three that like the daughter would be the one that gets pulled out in this situation. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that as much as just who comes first between the mom and the partner, because there's some there's some guys that are just like you know mom comes first. I mean you know mom's the one that raised me. I think what about you? Do you I, think no, mom I think, or, or I think partner? partner? I think partner and then mom. Well, I mean, specifically, like, between daughter, partner, mom, you have to pick daughter because she's the youngest. Uh, between partner and mom, what did you say? I well, again, I think it's I, th I think that it's scenario based, but I think in most situations you got to go partner. I mean, it's like if you're having okay, <laughs> if you ha but if you're having an argument, like say that there's some argument between the three of you, and the mom's on one side and the partner's on the other, you better be taking the partner's <laughs> side. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There are certain situations where I'm choosing my mom, and there's certain situations where I'm choosing you. Well, here's the thing. I think that, you know, as you grow older and you start your own life with your partner, at that point, it's yours and your partner's life. Like, you look out for what's best with, for the two of you. Yeah. Because there's going to be, like, I've had this conversation with Kelly. You know, there's going to be decisions that we make that our parents are not going to agree with. But it's decisions that we make that's for the best for our lives, not theirs. If it's a situation where it's like me and my partner want to do this and we have both agreed on it and we want the opinion of our mother or mm -hmm. father, whoever it is, we will take that consider we will take that opinion into consideration. Right. But it won't be the defining factor in our life. Yeah, and look, there's gonna be decisions that you may would make where you go against what your mom said and then it, it could turn out to be that the mom was right. Because there's always gonna be that. But but at the same time, you know, parents are always going to look out for what they think is best, but at the same time, just what they think is best doesn't always end up being best. We, we're we growing up different than they did. You know, things are different than what they were when my parents were my age or your parents were my age or whatever. Well, and the thing is, is like, it's a repeating cycle. Like, you know, like your mom, I'm not saying this has happened, I'm just using this as, as like an example, but your mom may get mad that you make a decision decision that she does not agree with 
but I'm sure the same exact thing happened with your mom and dad with their parents. You know, like I'm sure that they did the same thing. I know he's smart. I've hung out with him before. Dylan is is a smart man. Dylan is voice is very smart. I think I'm a. I think I'm gonna go into being a therapist. You could, <laughs> I, <laughs> or a not, uh, not a therapist, but a um, psychiatrist. Yeah, a psychiatrist. Dylan, we uh, definitely enjoyed having you on. You were a great guest, um, and we're gonna have you back soon. Hey, we're hanging out next Sunday. I don't know if we're gonna do a podcast or not, but I'm home. Yes. He wanted spaghetti and meatballs, so he can't have bland meatballs anymore. Exactly. Let me tell you, if if the hype that you've put behind these are real, it, they are. I have been disappointed every time I've had spaghetti and no. meatballs. No, it's real. Don't worry, baby. People love my balls. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> so her are they, balls are, are they, no joke. Are they juicy? Real juicy? Uh, Tender. Her meatballs are juicy, baby. <laughs> They got size, they got girth, <laughs> whatever you want. Oh, man, I eat them every night. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Dylan, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, all right. Yes, sir. We'll see you all next week. All right. Bye-bye.